Niemuna. You're listening to Karakaramo EV, Karakaramo, the English version. Karakaramo is a podcast about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. I'm your host, Patra M, and today I'm presenting you my guidebook on the representation of slavery in French cinema and television. It's a six-part series, and this is episode two. Precedently in Carrequeramont Evie. I presented you the first step of my guidebook on the representation of slavery in French cinema and television, the temporal contextualization. Most films and series about slavery are set in the 19th century. And in French cinema and television, the narrative is centered only on the late 18th century and the first half of the 19th century, which is to say right before the second abolition of slavery on April the 27th of 1848. Although the consequences of the slavery system are shown indirectly in contemporary films, the years right before or right after this abolition have yet to be covered. French cinema and television don't show how the slave system began and how it collapsed. So we covered the when, now let's get into the where. Here is step two of my guidebook, where to set a story about slavery in the Americas. The history of enslaved black people in the Americas is a history of deported people. This was able to happen because of a system called the Atlantic slave trade or the slave trade. Side note, in French we use sometimes the expression traite négrière, which can be translated as the Negro trade. I think it's used less and less, but the whole debate around the word Negro is just beginning in France, so yeah. In English, you'll say the Atlantic slave trade. The expression the Atlantic slave trade gives the false impression that this trade was about going from point A to point B. However, three continents are involved in the Atlantic slave trade. Europe, Africa, the Americas. And the trade wasn't a two-way or a three-way circuit. It goes from Europe to Africa and then to the Americas. Now let me remind you that I'm speaking from the French perspective, which means I'm speaking from the European perspective. I think if you look at things from the United States perspective, the reasoning might be a bit different because The United States were British colonies first and the country became independent in 1776. At that time, the Atlantic slave trade was already well structured, so the responsibilities of bringing in black people for labor are shared, I think. Anyway, from the European perspective, the Atlantic slave trade was between Europe, Africa, the America. 
and in that order. Yet, French films or series never show that the Atlantic slave trade starts in Europe. I mean, if you're lucky, you might get one or two scenes on a slave ship, but it's never clearly stated that the ships come from a port in Europe. So I don't know what you'll learn in school about the Atlantic slave trade. In France, it's really not something considered to be important. And our films reflect this approach because they usually begin in Africa, which gives the impression that Europe plays a minor role in this slave trade. However, Portugal and Spain were the first European countries to start this human trade with West African countries in the early 16th century. England and France joined during the 17th century. France passed a law in 1642 to make this Atlantic trade official. By the end of the 17th century, The French colonies in the Caribbean were really growing, so they required more and more labor. That's why the Atlantic trade really started to intensify by the end of the late 17th century. However, French films barely mention cities like Nantes, La Rochelle, Bordeaux or Le Havre, which were all big slave ports. Their number of expeditions combined is more than 3,000. These cities still exist today. They usually have memorials, but people don't really know the history of these cities. With that said, I don't think this lack of representation is specific to French cinema and television. I don't recall a film or a TV series of any country that would show not tell, how a slave trade expedition begin. So I get that it would probably cost a lot to film a sequence to locate the starting point of the slave trade in Europe, but the fact that the European countries, excuse me, let's be specific, the fact that the European cities that actively participated in the slave trade are barely mentioned make people feel disconnected from what went down at that time. People don't realize how the world they live in today is the result of what went down back then. That's why representation is important, because what happened in the past still has consequences today. And most people aren't aware of that. So what is the starting point of the Atlantic slave trade according to films and TV shows? It's Africa. Now, there are two storytelling strategies. Strategy number one is to never show Africa. It's easy, especially if the whole story takes place in the enslaving country in the 19th century. By that time, there were black people who were born and raised in the same enslaving country. So for them, freedom wasn't about going back to Africa. Freedom was about living free in the enslaving country that was indeed their home. Yet, to remind the viewer that the black people's ancestors were from Africa, there's usually a slave auction scene, but the names of the African countries that these people are from aren't mentioned. We know they're from West Africa, and that's it. Not naming the countries 
is giving the impression once again that these origins aren't important. And if you have no origin, if you have no home, then what is the point of going back when you don't even know where you come from? And if the story takes place in the 19th century, it's easier to have characters not caring about Africa because it's no longer their home. Most US films and series usually take on this strategy of not mentioning Africa. On the contrary, British films and series always find a way to create a connection to Africa. It can be an indirect connection, like in the film Bell by Amasante. I mentioned it in episode one of this special edition. Africa is indirectly present because of the Song Massacre. But Belle, the, the lead character, doesn't see Africa like her home because her mom was enslaved in the British colonies. You can also create situations in Africa to show the origin of black people, but it's not a home they can happily go back to. This is what happens in the Book of Negroes, which was broadcast in 2015 on BBC. The Book of Negroes is inspired by the true story of the black people who, who helped England during the American Independence War. As a reward, they got to settle in Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia? I don't know how to pronounce that, sorry, for a while before getting the opportunity to go back to Sierra Leone and they built their own city, Freetown. So I'm sorry if it's spoiler-ish, but the series begins with the main character, Aminata Diallo, being a child who gets captured in Sierra Leone. After many adventures, she gets the opportunity to go back to Sierra Leone, but it's no longer her home and she ends up in London, helping the abolitionist movement to get the Slave Trade Act voted in 1807. French fiction also uses the year of the French version of the Slave Trade Act as a point of reference. Napoleon abolished the slave trade in 1815, but the law was really implemented around 1817 with King Louis XVIII. In the fiction slash documentary Ebony Wood, directed by Moussa Touré, the story starts in 1835 in the Gulf of Guinea. I'd like to point out that France only had three TV fiction about slavery in the past 15 years. Bitter Tropics was the first one ever and was broadcast in 2007 and bitter tropics ends a little bit after 1815 the other two are ebony wood broadcast in 2016 and the episode of the series josephine the josephine the guardian angel broadcast in 2019 these two take place in the 1830s which means during the 30 plus years France made the slave trade illegal. Two out of three TV shows don't take place in the 170 plus years that the slave trade was legal in France. Yeah. Anyway, back to the lack of special contextualization. 
Ebony Wood goes as far as to let the viewer know that we're on the West African coast, but we still don't know which country exactly. Considering that Yanka and Toiki, the main characters, are from the same village and they're fictional, I guess not naming their country of origin can symbolize the 12 million of anonymous African people who went through what Yanka and Toiki go through. In Bitter Tropics, the majority of black characters were born in the Caribbean colonies. The connection to Africa is shown through two characters. First, there is Koyaba. We get to know him in the first sequence of episode one. He's among the African people who got captured and who get sold at a slave auction in the first sequence. I'll talk about him in the next episode. Then the second character making the connection to Africa is Adele's mom. Adele is the main black female lead. Her father was born in Jamaica and was sold off at the age of 12. He spent his life in the colonies. However, her mom was born in Africa. Her mother still has memories of her previous life and it slowly kills her. At some point though, the script gives her the opportunity to state where she came from. She's Igbo from the Gold Coast. So again, we don't know exactly which country, it could be Nigeria. But at least we see an effort to create a cultural connection to Africa as a point of origin for black people. To sum up the storytelling strategies to represent Africa, strategy number one is to have the story take place in Africa at the beginning, like in Ebony Wood, or at the end of the story, like in the Book of Negroes. Strategy number two is to have an old or recently enslaved character that was deported from Africa, but the character never gets its previous life back. That's what the Roots miniseries also did. However, I think I, I say the word often. I should find another word anyway. The African countries are never mentioned. So even fiction doesn't give black people in the Americas their origins. And again, not naming the starting point is silencing a part of history. Now that we've talked about the lack of representation of Europe, the lack of representation of Africa, let's talk about the lack of representation of the Americas and especially the Caribbean. I think this particular point will differ from what I, I could say about the representation of slavery in the US. Keep in mind that the slavery system was a part of the daily lives of people in North and South America. Enslaved people and colonizers lived on the same territory. There was an ocean between the French colonies and France. So, in 1804, Haiti, known as Saint-Domingue, became independent. In the 19th century, Guadeloupe, Martinique and French Guyana were the last French colonies in the Caribbean. France colonized Guadeloupe and Martinique in the mid-17th century and brought in black people to handle the physical labor. There had been black people for about 200 years on these territories when slavery was abolished in 1848. Black people didn't become full citizens with equal opportunities to succeed, though. But that's another story for the next episode. 
My point is, representation of Guadeloupe, Martinique, and French Guyana matter because we are the way we are today because of what happened in the time of legal slavery. The French colonies were linked together, but each colony has its own history. You cannot replace one with the other. Yet, French fiction about slavery doesn't talk about French Guyana at all. Although the abolition of slavery in 1848 was also for French Guyana. French Guyana is the biggest territory of France. French Guyana is on a continent. Most French people think it's an island like Guadeloupe and Martinique. The slavery system in Guyana had similarities with what was implemented in Guadeloupe and Martinique, but the environment, the conditions, weren't the same. Our TV and films could be a way to educate people on that, but they can't if they won't even name the territories. In Ebony Wood, Yanka and Toriki arrived in Guadeloupe. However, <laughs> sorry for the repetition, <laughs> the word Guadeloupe is never pronounced by any character. The same way the words Gulf of Guinea were written on the screen, all we get is French West Indies. This gives the impression that French colonies are just one big colony and enslaved black people are all the same. On this aspect of naming the French colony, the mini-series Bitter Tropics does a great job at showing and not just telling all throughout the story that this is Martinique. The mini-series shows how Martinique isn't an island lost in the sea. It shows an island connected to other countries of the Caribbean. French people getting confused about where Guadeloupe, Martinique and French Guyana are happens all the time. I was in college when I got asked if Guadeloupe was the island next to Africa and the person was actually referring to Réunion Island on the eastern coast of Africa. I have other anecdotes, like high-ranked people in the French government, such as our president, speaking to reporters and calling Guyana an island in 2017, or the year before, he called, um, he called a French white person living in Guadeloupe an expat, although we get told Guadeloupe is France too all the time. So how can you be an expat if you live in your country? And last example would be a couple of weeks ago, April 2020, the Prime Minister held a live press conference to talk about the COVID-19 situation. A map of France and its territories was broadcast. Every map of the ex-colonies were upside down while the French map was in the correct position. France colonized the Caribbean more than 300 years ago. April 2020, the French government still can figure out the map. This is why representation is important. How and when can we as a country, as a society, expect change? How and when can we expect equality for all? when our existence isn't even acknowledged. With less than 10 productions about the slavery times, with this lack of temporal and special contextualization, 
French cinema and television still entertain the idea that slavery is something from the past and unrelated to our present. So the Atlantic slave trade from the French perspective did happen, but fiction doesn't show or name the countries involved. Considering the, the success of the Roots miniseries and the few films Hollywood set in the in the slavery era. Most French people think that the United States were the biggest slave traders. If you look at numbers, though, you see this wasn't the case at all. Launched by Emory University in 2008, the transatlantic slave trade database keeps being updated. It gives us more and more precise statistics of the number of African people who got deported. England was the country that deported the most African people. It deported around 3 million people and around 2 million people made it to the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. France deported around 1 million people. About 75% ended up in Saint-Domingue. The last 25% went to Martinique and Guadeloupe. And out of the 12 millions of black people that ended up in the Americas, about 40% of them ended up in Brazil. Yet, if you look at Brazilian telenovelas, there are no black people in lead characters. And the same thing can be said about French TV shows. And this is what we'll talk about next. How to represent those who lived back in the time of slavery in the Americas. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Caro Sharing is caring, so don't hesitate to share the podcast around you. You can give me five stars on Apple Podcast to give Caro Kiramo more visibility. See you next week. Ciao, Red. Yeah.